Well, Hannah was very grieved. Hannah is a woman from the ancient past that we're going to study today in just a few moments. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hembry. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We are going through the Bible from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation chapter 22. Thank you for joining us as we continue on. We'll talk in about five minutes about this whole Hannah story. Very interesting. Corey is here. Corey? Today we are taking a look at Samuel. Ryan? Well, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 1 that God remembered Hannah, but does that mean he forgot? Well, that's a very interesting question, and I'm going to be exploring that today. All right, very good. That's coming up in about 20 minutes time. Janice and 25. Janice? Well, today it's our Fun Friday wrap-up question. I'm going to ask a question based anywhere from Judges chapter 4 all the way through 1 Samuel chapter 4. Get ready. All right, get your Bible guide out. Let's turn to the page and open up the most important book of all, the Holy Bible. Let's listen to what God said. First Samuel 1, 1 through 18. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb." And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat, and why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. 
I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. First Samuel chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4 is what we read as we continue to go through the Bible today, the 66 books written by the 40 authors, over 1,500 years at all with the same theme. Now, the transition of leadership of Israel from judges to the kings is the theme of the book of First Samuel. Samuel was the 13th and the last judge of Israel. The people had decided that they wanted a king. No more would God raise up temporary deliverers to rescue Israel from their physical enemies. Instead, God chose and he anointed Saul as the first king of Israel. However, first things first, at the beginning of the book, Samuel's life is set up for us to see. There is a miraculous birth of a boy who becomes a priest and a corrupted priesthood is there. You see, human leadership is always troubled. Sin always threatens to take down systems that we have in place. No matter what the physical government or leadership structure is we might have in place, failure does and can happen. Now, that's one of the reasons that I am thanking God today for the leadership of Jesus Christ. We have a high king, a priest who is proven true, and he cannot fail. And I can place my hope securely in him. In fact, as Paul said, my citizenship is clearly in heaven. Very, very interesting. Take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage. As we focus on the Word of God, if you don't have a Bible guide, I want to encourage you today to write for your Bible guide and get a hold of it because it's very important. It's not the most important book, of course, but the Bible is that's the most important book. But the guide takes you through the Bible, and we have a page each day for our readings. As we focus on this, we begin to pray as we come to the change of leadership. Father, help us today in this long passage of Scripture to hear what you're saying and to listen to the narrative of history and how you've made the transition. And I pray, Lord, that we would allow the Bible to affect our lives rather than us reading our opinions in it. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we said together, amen. All right, let's look at the first couple of verses here. It's interesting. Now, there was a certain man from Athiam, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penaniah. Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. 
Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and of course, Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penaniah, his wife, and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her, that, that she provoked her, that is uh, Penania. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Well, then Elkanah, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart so grieved? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking and in, and in Shiloh. And now Eliah or Eli was the priest who was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Now listen carefully because this is important. Hannah was barren and deeply grieved. She longed for a child. See, sometimes the anguish of our soul is so deep that only the Lord can reach it and heal us. Only God can reach it and heal us. And we need to come to God with everything and trust in the Lord to help and to heal us. Let's move on to the next scripture. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head, and it shall happen or it happened, as she continued to pray before the Lord, that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart only, and her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk, so Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk, woman? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit, and I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Which brings me to point number two. Hannah poured out her heart before God. We would do well to go directly to the Lord with our situation or our circumstances. There are many times and many places in our life where we have to go to God and say, Lord, here is my problem. Here is my soul. And you know what? God hears us. Psalms chapter six promises us that God hears us and he will answer in his way, his way that's best for us. We need to remember that. So the answer to our prayers is not always what we want, but it's what's best for us because that's how the Lord works. Very interesting. Now here's what happened. Come back to verse 16. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, 
Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Now that brings me to this point. Pay attention. Hannah was granted her request by God. That is amazing. Everything we are called to do, we will do. We should remember that, beloved. When we pray to the Lord God, when we pray to God Almighty, and we pray in God's will, we say, Lord Jesus, I want your will to take place in my life. Then the Father in heaven, God the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, they will accomplish everything that is willed in our life because we yield ourselves by our free will to him. And so, beloved, on this day, at this time, in this place, wherever place you're at, whatever time you're in, which is now, and whatever situation you are dealing with, God will grant his will. And so let's remember that today as we listen to the tears of Hannah in this wonderful passage of scripture, 1 Samuel chapter one. Let's keep that in mind. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us, when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Welcome back to the program. Today our reading is 1 Samuel chapters 1 to 4, and in chapter 1 we read about Hannah's barrenness and how God remembered her by opening her womb and giving her a son. But the question I want to answer today is, if God remembered, does that mean he forgot? Well, to help us answer that question, let's look at five times in the scripture where God remembers. Now we're going to go on location on this one as we dig into the scripture, so let's go. Hi friends, it's Ryan Hembry here, and the topic of today's video is, Does God Forget? Well, it's a really interesting question, so grab your Bibles and let's go. All right, so throughout the Bible, there are some occasions where we're told that God remembers. But if God remembers, does that then mean he forgets? Well, as the Apostle Paul would say, certainly not. It's impossible for the creator of the universe to forget anything. So what then? Well, unlike our modern Western concept of remembering, in scripture and Hebrew thought, remembrance isn't linked to forgetfulness, but rather to action. And to illustrate this, let's look at five times God remembers and then acts in scripture. Number one, Genesis 8.1. This is the Bible's very first use of the Hebrew verb remember, and here God remembers Noah and the passengers stranded on the ark in the midst of the flood. God never forgot about Noah, but God's remembrance is connected to his act, which was to drain the floodwaters from the earth. Number 2, Genesis 30:22. After the barren Rachel watched her older sister bear six sons and a daughter, God remembers Rachel and acts by opening her womb and giving her her first son, Joseph. Number 3, 1 Samuel 1:19. In this passage, we have another example of barrenness. And just as God remembered Rachel and opened her womb, he also remembered Hannah and did likewise. As a matter of fact, there are several scenes in the Bible just like this, in which God intervenes miraculously to produce a deliverer or leader for his people. 
As we saw, Rachel had Joseph, who delivered his people from famine, and Hannah had Samuel, who became one of the greatest leaders Israel had ever seen and known. And when we get to the New Testament, we see this very theme continued. Check it out. Number four, Luke chapter one. In this passage, Zechariah and Elizabeth are childless, and they're well advanced in age and way beyond childbearing years. Just like Abraham and Sarah of old, they long for a child and God delivers. And like the other miraculous births in the Bible, their son John the Baptist would play a critical role in God's plan to bless and restore humanity. God had promised centuries earlier through his prophets Isaiah and Malachi that there would be a herald that would come before the Messiah to prepare his way and to make his path straight. Here in Luke chapter 1, God remembers that promise and remembers the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth and acts by opening her womb. And what's amazing is that all these scenes of miraculous births point to and prefigure Jesus Christ, the ultimate deliverer. And that's the fifth and greatest example of God remembering and acting. Beginning all the way back in Genesis 3.15, God promised a savior that would deliver humanity from the ravages of sin and death. And in the New Testament, we see how God remembers that promise and acts on it by bringing forth Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. So anyone who puts their trust on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So be encouraged today, friends. God hasn't forgotten about you. On the contrary, God remembered you and acted to restore you to himself. The only question now is, will you act and choose to accept this free gift of God? So just to reiterate what I said at the end of the video, God hasn't forgot about you. Rather, God remembered you and acted to restore you to himself. The only question now is, will you act and choose to accept this free gift of God? Keep in mind that we're all going to die and stand before God one day, and there are only two possible destinations for us, eternal life in heaven or eternal death in hell. You know, these are very real places, but for those who've repented and placed their faith and trust in Christ alone for salvation, are saved for eternity and are spared from the death penalty that their sins deserve. As Paul the Apostle puts it in Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, if you're interested in going more in depth, then head on over to my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Ryan Henry, because there you'll find the uncut version of this video. In the shorter video that we just watched, I listed five examples of God remembering and then acting. But on YouTube, where there are no time limits, I go through 10 examples. So do make sure to check it out. And also make sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so that you'll be notified the instant I upload a new video. And remember to please share these videos with your friends and family because we really want to spread the message of the gospel as far and wide as we can. Yeah, and uh, the sharing is important and I like that. And uh, so that's you can do that from YouTube or other places and show them to people. It's really good. Anyway, Jen, Corey, go ahead. All right. Well, today we are going to be talking about Samuel. We are beginning the book of 1 Samuel, which is one of my favorites. I think I find it so incredibly interesting, the details that the scripture puts in and decides to leave out. We can learn a lot from paying attention to those two elements, what is left in and what is left out. And here at the beginning of 1 Samuel, we have a lot of details about this final judge's miraculous birth. Uh, so we, we know right away, just from the beginning of his life, that a lot is going to be told us about Samuel. Take a look. 
The biblical figure of Samuel was alive during the time period of the judges and personally saw to the transition of this time period into that of the kings of Israel. Samuel himself was responsible for anointing the first two kings. The biblical books of 1st and 2nd Samuel were named after Samuel, who was believed to have started their writing and authored a sizable portion of their material. The beginning of Samuel's life is recorded in some detail due to his importance in Israel's history. Recorded in 1 Samuel 1-3, we learn of his father Elkanah, who was a Levite, though his family was from the territory of Ephraim, and he lived in the city of Ramah in the territory of Benjamin. Elkanah's wife, Hannah, prayed for a child and promised to dedicate him to God. She named her son Samuel, because in Hebrew, it sounds like the phrase, requested from God. Samuel was raised as a Nazarite, and while still very young, he was brought to live with the high priest Eli in the city of Shiloh, where the tent tabernacle was set up. Under Eli's guidance, Samuel was taught priestly duties. But unlike the other priests of the time, God is said to have revealed himself to the young Samuel, who then prophesied to all of Israel, apparently a very rare thing in those days. During Samuel's life, the Philistines oppressed Israel. They successfully stole the Ark of the Covenant for a time and destroyed Shiloh, which we can assume is why Samuel is then said to have lived in the city of Ramah, the home of his parents. He was anything but stationary, however. The Bible is clear that this prophet of God was also the acting judge of Israel, who traveled to three locations in the country every year in order to provide access for all. Apparently, Samuel was also a married man. The Bible records that he had attempted to prepare for the future of Israel by appointing his sons judges over Israel. But they were corrupt, prompting the Israelites in the face of their enemy Philistines to demand a king. There we go. A ton more, like usual, to be said about Samuel and this really interesting book of the Bible. Uh, I know that on like throughout this week, we are going to be going rather quickly through the book of 1 Samuel. But if you would like an opportunity to really slow down, Perhaps you have a small group Bible study that meets in your home or meets at your church and you're looking for a new Bible study, then I would encourage you to either call our offices or go onto our website, BibleDiscoveryTV.com and look at Understanding Saul. That's a six part Bible study that I put together that really goes in depth through the entire book of 1 Samuel. So uh, the format is you have assigned reading that you do during the week and then you come together with your small group or even just by yourself and go through, uh, we go through the Bible study together and pick out exactly what the Bible is telling us related to the character of Saul and his place in Israel. So if you're interested in that, either call our offices or go online, check it yeah. out. The, the, the Bible study is great and the understanding Saul thing is awesome and I recommend it 300 times over if I can say that. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's really good. Thank you. And also, by the way, if you're watching online uh, with YouTube, one of those channels or whatever, just like us, like this program and uh, share the program. Uh, people will thank you for it and all of that stuff. So very good. We're reading through the Bible in one year. Janice? We are. And every Friday we have our special wrap-up question. And I have a number of you at home that play along and we're learning together. But it's Ryan and Corey who are put on the spot here. And uh, so I'm going to do that again for today. So 
Our reading assignment for the last seven days has taken us from Judges chapter four all the way through to First Samuel chapter four.、Mm-hmm. So I have formulated a question somewhere from there. Okay. All right. All right. So here is the question: Who stole eleven hundred shekels of silver from his mother? Who stole eleven hundred shekels of silver from his mother? Was that Malachi? Was that Manoah? Or was that Micah? You have three choices: Malachi, Manoah, or Micah.、Hmm. Three M's. Three, three M's. M's. I、yes. see what you did there.、Yeah. You tried to make、Very、it much、tricky. harder. There、yeah. are times when I yes. Yeah, we have we have collaborated and yeah, and, and you have come up. Mm-hmm. Yes, we have. We have、uh, Micah, the, the third answer the there. Third answer. All、yes. right. So you at home, if you have decided、uh, on an answer, let's see if you're right. Judges chapter seventeen verses one to three talk about a man, a son named Micah, who in fact stole eleven hundred shekels of silver from his mother. That is so, amazing.、Hmm. Congratulations! The, the, you guessed Micah. The Bible question helps us to remember what we've learned because、mm-hmm. if if you're like me, you just kind of read over and say, "Yeah, I finished it." But when you start to read it slower and carefully, you begin these to understand these details. And as I'm going through the Bible again, you know, reading through the Bible several times, over 31 times, actually 36 times.、Um, You you begin to see the details come out, and that becomes very important. And the Bible IQ question is great for that example. I knew that answer because I read it. Like I'm, I'm years very、ago. pleased that you resisted trying to answer. <laughs> Good job, well, Dad. Well, people have written me and、yes. talked to me, and、yes. so you did it. You know, there, you've got a lot of people、it. on your side. <laughs>、so. Well, we have a lot of people who are intense. About wanting to be able to yeah, guess the answer, they want to play. They want to play. They want to play.、Right. They want to know, and so. But I was, I was you were, geared. You were good. You were. I was, I was geared for this when we had the Bible IQ question back in the day. And you、team. were on the spot. I was. You were put on. The spot. And I missed a lot of them. Anyway, let's continue on the program. Thank you for joining us today. I want to remind you that at YouTube, there is a channel called Pastor Rod Hembry, and if you subscribe to it, you'll get all the videos that we do. We do programs there called Beyond the Call. We do video, short videos all the time, and so we want to make sure you get it. Go to YouTube and click on and subscribe to Pastor Rod Hembry. Today, let's pray. Let's pray this way: Lord, I give my life to you, and I promise. That I will give you everything that I have in Jesus' name.